The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Yesterday was a day of great joy for our archdiocese as we had seven men ordained to the priesthood. And it was a particular joy for us here at Holy Angels as we saw one of our home sons of this parish, Father Patrick Blemen, ordained as well. And as I was reflecting on the mystery of the priesthood and also upon this great solemnity of the ascension, I realized that there is a rather intimate connection between these two things. Namely because today Jesus does the ultimate form of delegation. Ironically, by ascending to the heavenly realm, by ascending body and soul to his Father, he makes himself more available to all of the world, to his disciples and to those that they would go and proclaim the word to. And he does this through many ways, often the priesthood, as through the priesthood, which is the, heart, which is the love of the heart of Jesus, as St. John Vianney once said. But through the priesthood, practically speaking, spiritually speaking, we also receive the Eucharist, Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, by which he continues to dwell among his people, by which he continues to nourish his people, and remain present day and night awaiting you and me in that tabernacle, always available to us under the appearance of bread. But then also through the hands of a priest, many of us, or a deacon, were baptized. We were brought into the life of the faith, doing what Jesus commanded us to do in this particular gospel, to baptize all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we received the other sacraments through the hands of a priest, with the exception of marriage, which is one that is administered by the bride and the groom to one another. But in the sacraments, Christ continues to remain present through his priest, through the Eucharist. But then, of course, there are many other ways in which Jesus continues to make himself available to his people. He ultimately commands his disciples as he ascends into heaven. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. By that little exchange there, he says that all power has been given to him, and he says elsewhere in the Gospels that all that has been given to me has been given to you, speaking to his disciples. By the virtue of each and every one of you who have been confirmed, you are called to witness to the Gospel. You are called to be proclaimers of the good news. You are called to bring others in. And I think that that is an aspect of the church that we often lose sight of. As we see the inkling of what happens on Pentecost when the church goes full evangelical mode, we see that in this particular gospel, 
Jesus commands his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, to do what for others what he did for them, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that he commanded, as he tells us elsewhere, also in John's Gospel, that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, it is through friendship with Jesus Christ that the world is redeemed, that we are redeemed, we are renewed. The church has always gone into missionary mode, and indeed, after this, we see that the apostles, if we look at St. James, he goes all the way to Spain, which is on the other side of the Mediterranean Sea. We see St. Peter go to Rome. We see the Blessed Mother and Mary Magdalene go to France. We see St. Thomas go all the way to India. And we can go on and on and on. The disciples went to every corner of the known world to them at the time, proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and baptizing many in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And during eras of renewal, this has always been the church's impulse. Oftentimes we think to focus inward about us, but the church has always gone outwards. Even St. Francis of Assisi, in founding the Franciscan order, desired to renew the church. Within 50 years of him founding the order, you will find in Mongolia, which is a long ways away from Italy, you will find foundations of churches still today that the Franciscans built. The desire to go out and share the good news was built into the very DNA of Christianity. It is what we are called to do because Jesus Christ is what your soul and heart truly longs for. Only he will satisfy you. And every single person that's not in here, he's the only one that will satisfy them too. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nothing has changed that. Vatican II didn't change that. Nobody has changed that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. That has never changed and it will never change. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It remains with us forever, even to the end of the age. And so it's important for us to recognize our duty as those baptized and confirmed in Christ to share the gospel, to share the good news that Jesus is alive, that Jesus desires to redeem you, to redeem me, to bring all into the community of the church, to unite all in his body, which is the spotless bride of Christ, which is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And I think we have to remember that this is conveyed in all of our ways, the way we behave, the way we speak, the way we communicate, and the way we act. And this goes down even to the very basic level of, yes, obviously we have to be able to talk about our own experience of how Jesus has transformed our lives. We as Catholics have to get better about testimony, about our ability to witness to the fact that Jesus Christ has redeemed us that we have been transformed by him, by the sacraments, by the Eucharist, that Jesus makes all the difference. But then also we have to think about the way in which we speak and we act. Do our words, do our words reflect that we have a respect for the church, for the people in the pew next to me, 
your priest? Or do our words do damage and cause evangelical harm? If anybody heard the way you speak, they want no part of what the faith has to offer. Whether it be social media and talking with one another, do we say, as St. Paul says, only the good things that people need to hear? Or do we decide to tear down and do damage to the power of grace to transform our lives? Jesus Christ renews all. He establishes all. And even if human institutions crumble and fall, Jesus Christ is with us to the end of the age. He makes that promise in today's gospel. But the way we often talk puts it all on us. He is Lord. Not me. Not you. He is. The Lord can transform our world, our lives, if we allow him in every situation. If you read ever the story of St. Joan of Arc's captivity, despite being deprived of the sacraments forcibly by the British, by members of the church, she became a saint, dare I say, even a martyr. We too, no matter what life throws at us, can become a saint. The obstacles, the trials we encounter, are a pathway to our holiness, our sanctity, to our sainthood. Jesus Christ calls each and every one of us today and every day to witness to the gospel, to proclaim him crucified and risen, so that each and every human soul, each and every human person, might come to know the love of Jesus Christ, and that indeed he is that for which they truly long, and only he can satisfy them.